Hi, my name's Jack, and this is the 95 Social Small Business Owners of Scotland podcast. Today we sat down with Robbie, who owns Cairngorm Coffee in Edinburgh, and spoke to him about all aspects of his business. I had a really in-depth chat with Robbie about Cairngorm Coffee, how the shop came to be, how he built the brand, and where he sees it going in the future. So without further ado, here's me and Robbie having a chat about all things business. We're here with Robbie, who is the founder and owner of Cairngorm Coffee. Um, thanks again for coming on and uh, having a chat. Um, so basically, we just want to have a quick chat about uh, the Cairngorm Coffee brand, uh, a bit about your business, a bit about coffee, and a bit about where it's been and where it's mm -hmm. going. Cool. Um, so first, I think, um, just can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about, about, about you? Sure. Um, so I'm Robbie. Uh, I started the cafe like four years ago um, and moved down from the Highlands of Scotland, from Cairngorms to Edinburgh to start it. So we had a kind of like pretty grim tagline, not grim, but just a bit cringy, um, that was um, born in the Highlands, uh, conceived in Edinburgh or whatever, um, which is essentially exactly what happened. We kind of I came up with the, the idea around a kitchen table with my dad, who also owns a cafe. and. Um, basically really wanted to move to Edinburgh um, and decided that was the right place to do it. And was really fortunate that Edinburgh was riding a wave of, um, of coffee, especially coffee was just really taking off at the time. Um, and it's kind of really continued since then. So I think um, we certainly weren't the first, um, maybe not even um, in the first 10 or 15 specialty shops, but we certainly um, were early enough to kind of really set our roots and. Um, and be able to kind of grow uh, quite naturally, so it's pretty lucky, really. Yeah. Uh, so how did the, the decision to kind of set up a coffee shop in Edinburgh come about? You said you obviously talked about it with your dad. Yeah. And um, what, I mean, uh, your dad's background and everything. Yeah, so, um, yeah, his background's kind of uh, interesting. He was, uh, he was in whiskey um, and essentially marketing, um, and I was really interested in uh, graphic design for a while. Like, I went through a period where I would was a failed musician or struggling musician as she said and I basically was trying to like design logos for friends companies or friends like bands and friends like labels or whatever um, and using that as a way of like kind of keeping my creativity alive um, and then when I decided really I'd had enough of music um, I still wanted something that I could be quite um, kind of creative with and kind of could build something out of um, and so I pretty much ruled out like office work pretty quickly I was never really suited to it, um, and the most logical thing for me was to kind of use the experience my dad had had over the past, like, must have been like eight years at that point, um, and kind of try and mirror it to a certain extent. Um, and yeah, the, the time I was working in his cafe, um, and at night was like reading blogs about coffee, was like really interested, knew nothing about it, and I would kind of the next day I'd go in and like try and make like lattes to like an old lady and would be like really like enthused about like what I was learning um, and wasn't necessarily having that like enthusiasm reciprocated. So I kind of knew at that point if I was going to do something along the routes that we've gone, it was probably going to have to be like out with the Highlands. I think now like the Highlands would be a really exciting place to do it, but certainly at that time I think um, if you, you know, what we were trying to do, we needed to really be in a an uh, area of like a demographic where maybe a bit um, more accepting of, of it and 
being that we had like Artisan Roast and Brew Lab at that time, you know, it was already kind of starting to happen. Yeah. So um, yeah, it definitely made sense to come to Edinburgh and do it. Yeah. So you said that at the time, um, the Highlands wouldn't have been a good place. Um, but four years ago, where do you think Edinburgh was coffee-wise? Yeah. And do you think that, um, like, what kind of part have you played in bringing uh, like specialty coffee to Edinburgh and oh. like to the Scottish market? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, um, I think, yeah, I'm not sure. I think now, specialty coffee is pretty much everywhere. It's not necessarily there's, like, cafes in every town saying there's specialty coffee, but there's certainly starting to buy much better coffee and, like, realising that you can pretty much pay the same price for Illy as you can for, like, mm. some really good specialty coffee. So, in, in a sense, if you base a specialty coffee on someone who buys specialty coffee, then I think it's starting to happen everywhere. And I think um, that certainly wasn't the case, like, four years ago. Um, but you kind of need, I think, local roasters in a place that really kind of... Um, enthuse and inspire cafes um so here there was several um up north there was none i don't think i don't that's maybe wrong hope mm. not don't insult anyone um but now like um groceries as a business concept is becoming like more widespread yeah, yeah. so um if i'm a cafe starting in uh wick or in Elgin or wherever, there's probably like a micro roastery mm. making really good coffee quite nearby. Um, but yeah, certainly have to like travel to be able to get that opportunity as a cafe um, before. Um, in terms, yeah, in terms of choosing Edinburgh, it was purely, and it's, there's two reasons. One was because I met a girl <laughs> and I wanted to move oh, to Edinburgh because yeah, of that. Yeah. The second is because um, the things I've been learning up in like Newton Moore, where I was living at the time and working at Ask Cafe, um, I was seeing the things I was learning happen in Edinburgh. Mm. So I was going to Arts um, and Brew Lab, and I was seeing sure. those things I was learning like in front of me, and that was like really exciting. Um, and so I guess I was kind of keen to be in that environment. Um, and in terms of yeah, the other question about like how we've influenced like I'd, I mean it's kind of hard for us to say. Yeah, but, um, I think uh, I think. Every single shop that's open in has probably had a part to play in, in some kind of community uh, community developing. But um, certainly think um, we've just been like super excited to be a part of that, and we've really tried to like from the beginning, like I was saying, try and like become a part of that. Yeah. Um, so it was definitely always in my mindset that I wanted to be you know like a key player in a wider coffee scene as opposed to being in a small town, just being like the only shop. Yeah. yeah. Um, I could. I think now I'd, I'd quite enjoy it, but yeah. it kind of scared me because I didn't know enough and I needed to learn a lot. So um, it's like a support network sort of thing. Like it definitely, yeah. I think I think um, it was invaluable to, to be around other shops and being able to have your day off going to like another shop yeah. down the roads. Like, yeah, it's great. Um, so still to this day, you know, like we, you know, I was doing Glasgow yesterday, I managed to you know, fit two shops in. Yeah. If I go to London, I've got like a list of like 10 shops. <laughs> um, but even in Edinburgh, you know, if on a day off, I'll... I'll Try, um, try and avoid my own shop and yeah. actually try and see what see someone else is doing. Uh, it's really important to like understand like other approaches. And um, we had a pretty clear mindset from the beginning that we were kind of beginning, and we were trying to learn. And on the back of that, we've always tried to remind ourselves that we don't know everything. And I think uh, it's yeah, it's 
definitely invaluable for us to be able to go to like other shops and, and see how they do things and yeah do that on a regular basis still um, just probe and, and watch just like creepily watching about <laughs> just even like service and workflow like it's really yeah. interesting so. yeah I mean I guess we, we were kind of same with social media I find myself on buses like watching people scroll like yeah. older people see what they do on <laughs> Facebook and stuff like that see I, I remember watching a woman on a train one time yeah. and she read every single post word for word on her Facebook feed and I was like that's amazing but I've watched that it's so cool yeah, well. yeah. Um, so rare. yeah yeah no it's crazy I don't right? even have you feel fun. really weird yeah, but, I, just, um, I genuinely yeah. think I just have adverts on Facebook yeah yeah like I struggle to find what any of my friends are saying yeah exactly yeah I mean that that might change yeah. so um, right. well it looks like it's going to change anyway a little bit yeah so um, there will be not less adverts but um, more stuff from friends I think that's going to be promoted so yeah yeah I heard um they were making businesses start to pay or yeah well not start to pay but they're going to really like kind of uh, punish your organic reach yeah okay. um, so it's so you might reach like 10% of people actually like you or less be even less to yeah, be honest um, at the moment um, at the moment we're finding like 5 to 3 to 5% ish uh -huh. um, and then yeah the way that algorithm works it's really punishing yeah um, but it's just I guess for small businesses finding a new way to get around that yeah um, we think we've yes. found a pretty nice way to get around it um not, not yeah <laughs> <laughs> um no not not like a nice way to get around it but ways to, to kind of for small businesses to work together yeah. and find new ways to do things um but yeah i think uh, that is an interesting thing and again it's like working together yeah nice. um, it's important like you say okay sorry for the wee pause there we had to turn the music down a wee bit we had this Russian music, it seems like. I don't know. Anyway. Classic Russian circus. Yeah, that's, that's what you get in Gangon Coffee. You get everything. Everything's welcome. Eclectic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as we were saying, um, when... So, like, the wheels are in motion and you decided you're going to open a coffee shop in Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. um, what was kind of, like, the thought process? How did you find the location? And um, how did Cairngorm Coffee come to be? Okay, so... It kind of was a bit staggered because we didn't initially... Well, I didn't initially want to open a cafe straight away. Okay. Um, there was kind of like a an idea that we had for a brand, and we were kind of torn between okay, should should we make it a, a roastery or should we make it a cafe? And then I think I was just randomly looking around as you do on the internet, and was looking at like units, and I came across this old sandwich shop here on Frederick Street that was um, was basically coming up for lease. And I got pretty excited, booked in uh, an opportunity to come and see it, brought my dad down, we met the guy, and it kind of just, things just happened, wheels went into motion, um, and generally before we knew it, I was like trying to organise finance, and yeah. it was kind of, it happened, yeah. um, which was probably a good thing because it made it slightly less terrifying because yeah. it was kind of thrown in at the deep end it you wasn't until like a week before we opened after i'd learned like a million different skills like i was having to project manage like gumtree joiners yeah. i was having to like have business meetings with like roasteries like, it's just such alien concepts stuff i didn't know like previously like i would i basically trained as a musician to a certain extent and i was kind of really comfortable with like meeting musicians and like sitting down and uh, or going to gigs and doing sound checks and this was like pretty interesting for me to suddenly have to uh, develop a new set of skills so it was kind of scary um, but it all happened like so fast that it just kind of started to come quite naturally 
Um, I was saying to you earlier that um, at that time I was like, I think I need to do a business course um, just to try and learn the basics of what I'm throwing myself into. Um, and my, my dad was basically just like, nah, just do it, just um, just have a bash. And you know, if you come into problems, then let's discuss it. But um, in hindsight, I think it was probably quite a good thing. I think, yeah. uh, I mean, you do, you learn so much just from kind of being a part of it. And like, without thinking about it too much, I think people kind of quite respect um, the fact you're learning and trying really hard. Like, I don't think uh, people would have enjoyed coming to the shop in the early days if I'd been there in a suit with a business <laughs> degree, you know, sitting yeah. in the corner looking at my, like, P&L sheets and stuff. I think people quite enjoyed the fact, like, I was trying to learn how to make really good coffee and people kind of jumped on that, that journey and it's kind of, has been a journey that's going to progress four years. Um, and then we were running it for two years and then put a deposit down on a roaster, so kind of going back to the initial plan. Um, and then one or two things came up and saw another unit and got carried away and ended up cancelling the deposit on the roaster and going with the next shop. Um, so it was kind of like, it was almost like out of my control. Things just kind of happened um, with both shops, you know, kind of just fortunate that um, units appeared and um, they just seemed to be the perfect units at the perfect times. And um, So... Uh, we're now four years on and we've finally been like, right, we need to get the yeah. roster. So the progression has finally been four years on that we're kind of back to where we mm. wanted to begin, which is kind of exciting. It's kind of gone full circle. Mm. And we've got the benefit of four years experience four years working with coffee, coffee and building our brand and, and yeah. getting to know people in the coffee scene. And, um, so it's obviously been a really worthwhile experience. But Yeah, I, th- I've, um, I, yeah. I mean, um, I guess like just jumping in and doing it as especially for like a young person um i guess there's not always that opportunity to kind of work in a small business um and have like a real big say on everything mm-hmm. so that first chance to kind of be in charge yeah is a uh, is it's it's great the, the daunting part is like taking on responsibility for other people so yeah it's like it's kind of weird so suddenly having to ensure that you're making enough money to be able to pay people mm-hmm. at the end of the week and um which is obviously like scary and so yeah. it's definitely uh, a burden and a responsibility but it's also kind of quite gratifying like you know it's quite nice to be able to um, meet people that you like and get to work alongside them and learn from them and uh, yeah it's been like really really an amazing experience to be able to you know work with so many people that uh, basically are you know, like going to work with friends and stuff so, yeah um, but yeah it's been really cool so you will quite do you think amongst your team is it quite like a tight kind of yeah, group, quite I think so. tight community? Yeah, I think I think um I think it's yeah, really really tight. I think uh the concept of coffee seems to be that it's quite transient and people come and go. Um but we actually are in an unusual position, which I, I think actually in Edinburgh there's quite a lot of people in this position where the baristas who are working in the shops generally are working in the shops because they want to work in the yeah. shops. It's not like five years ago when people worked in Starbucks because they were at uni or mm. people worked at Starbucks because they were trying to be an actor. Or I think people generally, it's like says a lot about coffee as an industry. I think um, it's now actually um, like respected as like a, like a, a really cool and good thing and a good, good um, kind of skill set to learn. Um, so we don't really have many or any um, students that work for us. It's people who... Yeah. have um, already studied or 
you know, just went into coffee because they wanted to do coffee. Um, and that's like really amazing. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, if you've got people who are passionate enough to do to actually work with, with you know, not just as a means to an end, then yeah. it's a pretty good place to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think anything that encourages people to do whatever and allows people to do whatever they are passionate about is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in your initial answer there, I threw in two questions there without even yeah, thinking. I but, um, yeah. And um, so initially you mentioned uh, firstly the brand, mm -hmm. and then second the second store. So firstly, I want to ask or I want to find out kind of your opinion on how core to the kind of Karen Garm concept was the element of a brand, and how like at the forefront of your thought process when you started the, mm -hmm. the business was the Karen Garm brand and making sure that was consistent throughout. Yeah, definitely. I think um, it's. It's changed a lot. So I didn't start out with, obviously we were talking about, I didn't start out with the ambition to own a, like a sandwich shop or a coffee shop. Um, that kind of happened. And then when I had that, it was, I never wanted it to be that. Like I, I was never like, I didn't wake up one day and think, okay, I, I want to like hang out all day in a coffee shop because I really enjoy coffee. It was like I kind of learned coffee as a result of opening the shop, but I kind of opened the shop because I wanted to build a brand. And so in the early days, the brand was like something that really mattered to me yeah. and it still does. I think, I think everything we do now is uh, I have to think long and hard about because I know it's going to reflect mm. the, like our kind of brand and what, what it says about us. So um, I think it's, it's been something that's been, yeah, imperative like throughout um, but you know there was it's interesting like in terms of brand like name that was something that was so hard because I was coming from the Cairngorms and it was like a word that I heard like every day and it was mm -hmm. it just felt like really like lame and kind of weird to use that mm -hmm. but I really wanted something that kind of had heritage and I felt like actually if, if the concept is I'm learning coffee and bringing it from the Highlands into Edinburgh, then it's not the worst kind of thing to attach myself yeah. to that. And yeah. um, But one thing we were really concerned about was making it kind of twee. So mm. we were trying to make sure that it was kind of not edgy, but like it wasn't like covered in tartan. Like yeah. a water, like, you know, it was, it was quite important to me that it, f it felt kind of quite current. And, um, and starting off with a name like Cairngorms that, isn't current. I mean, it's like yeah. there is a lot of heritage there. Um, it kind of felt like a challenge to mm. try and put a spin on that that was going to be quite cool. And um, but so the place we're at now, we've got like the uh, cutout logo of the mountain. Um, I think that's like the best thing that's come from that is it doesn't have any attachment to yeah. coffee. And I think I've said this to you before. I think um, we started it as a brand that was what we wanted, and so we kind of tried to pitch it in a way that we can. Um, grow into like as many areas as we kind of see fit um so that's kind of like an ambition is to kind of continue the brand and and obviously it is coffee is our core but um like we do a lot of like uh, clothing and stuff and you know these kind of things really interest me because yeah. i said before you know it was like kind of what we wanted was to build a brand so yeah it's kind of kind of interesting but yeah it's really important so the second thing i wanted to ask you about was the um Obviously, two years in, you opened shop number two. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know how many people that are listening. Um, I assume most will be from Edinburgh, and most will probably be my friends. So uh, <laughs> let's just assume that. Um, but obviously, Melville Street and um, Frederick Street are firstly two very different areas. Mm -hmm. uh, and then 
if again if you know Karen Garden Coffee and you've been in shops, um, you can see that obviously both shops are very different and have yeah. a completely different feel. Yet at the same time, have this a similar feel because of the brand. So how, I think a lot of small businesses kind of when they when they grow and expand, it's hard to keep that brand. And like how uh-huh. how do you guys go about like kind of keeping the ethos, the feel of the brand? Yeah, um, yes, that is a good question. <laughs> um, because it's very hard to say. I think. Um, I think what we did when we opened the next shop is we carried some of the people over there, but we didn't move like everyone. Um, so I guess we talk in the shop about uh, kind of uh, culture and like community that you yeah. kind of have between staff. I think it's quite important because if you suddenly lose like 10 staff and bring in 10 new people, that's going to have like more of a difference than if you like completely refurb. Like, I feel like very strongly that people in the shop kind of control like the ambience and like the experience that the customer has more than anything. Um, so I guess like pulling some of the people from here that had spent two years kind of learning like and kind of really creating what Cairngorm was, um, kind of splitting them probably kept it quite consistent and quite balanced. So when we brought new people in, they kind of learned off of them and. Um, that kept it quite consistent. Um, we did, like when we opened the other shop, we wanted it to feel quite different um, in terms of the, the look, um, purely because like my worst fear at that point was anyone thinking that we weren't independent. Mm. Um, yeah. It was like, that was like so core to what we were and like so core to a lot of businesses. Like they probably care quite passionately that they are independent. Mm. They want people to know that. And I kind of felt if people start thinking we're a chain because we look exactly the same as the other mm. shop, that would kind of hurt me. I didn't, I didn't want people to to see the team and think it was being operated by like a rich guy in London. Yeah. You know, that was um, so far from what it was that it kind of scared me. Um, but then I guess like now we've like f- four years on from when the first well this shop opened, we've kind of started to adapt, try and bring it a bit closer. Um, so I guess we're kind of almost we're not even backing ourselves but we're kind of more accepting that actually it's okay for like consistency like we do we want like the shops to um have very similar experiences um as long as it's not kind of too dull and like lacking character um so we don't want it to be like a clinical environment where uh, we could pick this up drop it in glasgow and it'd be exactly the same we would always try and have it so that it two coordinates of one life as long as the, the culture remained the same um, and you know the culture can be um, come from you know having the same coffees and um, having the same interaction with customers you know like we really strive to create like a, a approachable environment where people come in and feel like friends and feel like re- really comfortable where they were um, so I guess those things are what we've carried between shops and people kind of maybe clock onto those things as a Cairngorm brand more than just like the colour of the walls or the colour of the tiles and kind of I suppose that's just the way it's worked out um I don't know if that answers your question yeah yeah no it does definitely yeah roughly uh explanation yeah but yeah certainly we we were to summarise scared of of being a uh, kind of chain or micro chain um and opening one more shop wasn't going to make that happen but uh certainly you know the perception of what that might entail was scary so sure um and kind of digging even 
deeper into the concept of a brand and so certainly like a hospitality or a restaurant, coffee shop, cafe. Um, what, how important do you feel like music and like, um, like really minute small details of the mm. environment? Can you, like, do you notice a change if the music changes in the shop and stuff like that? Yeah, like if the music was off, it's ridiculous. Like, every, you can feel everyone feeling awkward. Yeah. In this shop especially, it's quite, it's a lot smaller. So, and we have like one speaker and it, it, honestly, it's just, it's madness. Um, but I think, yeah, um, the trouble with having like free reign, the kind of offer up free reign to all the staff is it's quite an eclectic mix of people who listen to different music and um, there is quite a variance. Um, when so I'm in, I have like my go-to stuff yeah. and I, I know it works, yeah. but I don't kind of like try and force that onto people because I think like personality is really important yeah. and it's kind of the way we've built is through like developing a personality through our staff. So, I think so staff choose music, yeah? Yeah, staff yeah, will choose so. music. Um, yeah, I think uh, so they're it's risky. Task of setting the tone of the shop for the day. I guess. Essentially, yeah. 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 I think it, music is so important. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's also you know like it's important for productivity and you know if you have people who are coming into work and they're being forced to listen to the same thing like you go to um, places like I shouldn't really say names but you know you have places like big chains like Topshop for example. Yeah. I feel like they have a set regime of music that gets played yeah. on on a loop, and I could be talking rubbish here. I don't know if anyone yeah. works at Top Shop. <laughs> um, I don't think that really pro um, promotes like um, like a good workplace environment. I think it's really important that people are comfortable and like enjoy working. And I think if if it's as simple as listening to music that you like, I think it makes a big difference. Yeah, definitely. Um, as long as it's not vulgar or like yeah. ridiculous for customers. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in small details, yeah, I think it, again, is important. Um, it's probably something we think about, like, too much. Like, yeah. um, how do we, like, put the teaspoon on the plate? Uh, I think about these things when I go into other shops. And then, so we were talking earlier about, like, trying to push things into motion. It's, like, things that matter to me from an OCD sense, but yeah. don't actually enforce, feel like we should. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the small details, like, we created the spaces completely like ourselves so I sat with a friend and we completely planned out the other shop and then we got some guys in who collaborated and kind of put it into motion and here it was like the same like kind of sketched thing out in graph paper and it was like meticulously planned for ourselves so I think like those kind of small details about like the the look and environment of the place really matters to me and I think um uh I don't know maybe that's why people like coming because yeah. There is a bit of like passion about like how things look, and, yeah. But it could always be better. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's pretty good. I like it. I think uh, the the hard part in uh, like running a shop is, I don't know, you you want to make changes all the yeah. time, and I think the trouble with that is you're you're in turn kind of alienating customers. Mm. So if someone comes in every week and something's changed, and they don't know how to like operate the till or like where to stand to like receive something or. It's kind of it can be quite detrimental. I think people have like a bad experience, um, so I think we, I think it's important we try and like not th throw like all these tiny little details out at the same time. But like we did a refurb here yeah. a few months ago, and that was kind of an opportunity to try some new stuff. And we kind of took that as a block opportunity to to try some things out. So 
um, that was quite a good chance to appease my like little detail OCDs. Yeah. <laughs> no, I remember when I, I the first time I came after the refurb, and you had to get water from a jug. Yeah. And that threw me. That really. Th- yeah. I was like, I was like, oh my gosh. That was the just the tap got broken. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, and it's you're not the only one who's kind of upset with that. <laughs> staff had to fill them up every like yeah, five yeah, minutes. Yeah. It's just yeah. I guess. A bit of a nightmare. Yeah. And then. So that's your four years in, mm-hmm. um, and you said like you know the second shop kind of came very quickly out of the blue, mm-hmm. as I guess the first shop, the opportunity to get the space came very quickly. Um, so where's the next four years? Um, what are the plans like? Yeah. Long term, short term? Yeah, um, I think the nature of what we've done to this point has been we've kind of just gone with the wind. Yep. Which, seems a bit stupid we didn't have any like projections for what we wanted to achieve like five years from now or three years from now until like fairly recently when we kind of sat down we were like we probably should have a goal now um but before generally we were just like learning like so focused on learning every day um and we kind of got to the point where we just got way too obsessed with like the quality of coffee and we kind of reined it back in and started looking at the business now and um, that's kind of exciting because now we're trying to think okay like let's actually assess what we're doing here and let's try to think how we can kind of take it further or which direction to go um, but that's like really fresh we're still kind of just doing that so we don't have like huge goals and I think um, generally if you told me like what would be my like ideal dream end goal for the business I, I don't have a clue like I, I generally couldn't say to you I want to have my coffee in Marks and Spencer's or I want to own 50 shops because like I just haven't you know there isn't like one thing that appeals to me I think what appeals to me is kind of like just progressing a journey and growing it like organically and kind of seeing what happens I think the reason I think that is because I've been super lucky that that's kind of paved the way quite well to this point so it's maybe like a bit naive and maybe I should kind of get more of a plan but certainly um, the things we do know are like we want to roast and we're, we are starting to roast and we've kind of had a fair bit of time under our belts now just learning and so a big part um, of the thing that we're excited about um, doing with that is just having a tangible product for the brand um, so we've obviously done a lot of um, like jumpers and t-shirts and stuff and that's kind of been like just a way of us having something that is like ours that has like our logo and like our brand on Um, but you can't really have that with coffee because people drink it and five minutes later it's gone and it's not ours to begin with but if someone can come um, visiting from Vietnam and leave with a bag of our coffee and go and tell someone about it that's like so exciting so I think that's kind of enough for us at this stage Um, and then we're just kind of seeing what happens from there Um, but yeah we're, we're kind of very ambitious for the brand and kind of I think we'll just take it one step at a time and see what comes along see which direction we kind of turn to but. Yeah. nice one well Robbie thank you very much for having us uh, thank you very much for being the first guest on uh, the 95 Social Small Businesses Owners of Scotland podcast you got it, you got it. Um, before we go um, can you suggest or nominate or pull someone up and recommend them to be on our podcast for the next few episodes. Right. Um, do you want it to be in Edinburgh or can it be anywhere? Anywhere in Scotland, anyone that's built 
a brilliant brand and is uh, passionate about what they do. Okay, it's going to be in coffee as well because cool. I think that's like literally just the industry that I like read about the most. Um, I would think you would have a good conversation with the guys in Glasgow, um, uh, the Good Coffee Cartel, I think oh. Todd and Courtney. Uh, I was chatting to them yesterday. I think they're doing some crazy good stuff. Um, so they're roasting, um, but they also had like a kind of lifestyle brand. This jumper actually. Oh, is this theirs? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. Well, it's like not theirs, but like Todd's kind of built like this kind of merch thing yeah. on the side, and I think that's like pretty pretty admirable. Okay. Um, but I think uh, they they're doing some interesting stuff in terms that they're allowing other people to come and roast, which in turn is oh. kind of giving back to community yeah. and trying to build something in Glasgow. So it has a lot of like symmetry to what we've really enjoyed about Edinburgh. So I think uh, that you'd have a good conversation with them for sure. Nice one. Well, I'll tag them up and yeah. call them out. Yeah. Um, so again, Robbie, thank you very much for um, agreeing to sit down, with, uh, sit down with us and have yeah. a chat. It's my pleasure. And um, yeah, keep it up. And thank you for providing such a great place to come and work yeah, every no day. Worries, man. <laughs> yeah, much appreciated. Cool. Yeah. Cheers, man. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks for having me. Cheers. I had a great time talking to Robbie today. Um, it's great to find out a little bit more about a business that I love and use on an almost daily basis. Um, Robbie's passion for coffee and for the Cairngorm brand is overwhelming and really quite admirable. Um, I guess small business owners, that is the key, is um, being passionate and loving what you do, whilst at the same time understanding the business side of things and building a sustainable brand. Um, so firstly, I'd like to say thank you very much to Robbie for having um, me in to chat um, and for agreeing to be on the podcast as our first ever guest. And secondly, to you for listening. Um, when you start a new podcast or a new kind of content series, it's always good to get feedback. So please give us a shout. Um, and if there is someone you'd like to see appear on the podcast or hear from on the podcast, uh, please send an email to hello at 95social.co.uk to recommend who you think would be great on this podcast. Thanks again for listening. And again, thank you to Robbie. Um, have a great week.